Since iTunes only keeps the last 100 episodes of any show, some of our show topics that seem to help the most people are no longer available when people search on iTunes. So, in an effort to make that information available to more people, from time to time we're going to re-air some of our most popular show topics. You can also go to kickitnaturally.com and search for any topic in our search box. For now, enjoy this show that originally aired in 2014. T.C. Hill is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Welcome to Kick It Naturally. I'm Kenan McEnroe and I'm here with T.C. Hale, author, natural health expert, producer, my boss. I'm a boy. He's a boy, y'all. Yeah, that's all I got. Oh, yeah. Uh, we also have with us Hottie Patati, Will Schmidt, to my left, coming up with some brilliant ideas today. I'm working on it. idea, man. Yeah. yeah. You got an idea. Yeah. Should I say it? No, or should don't. I save it? No, somebody might steal it out there, oh. you know? Well, it's it, way too good. Just know okay. that we have stuff that's way too good. I'd be happy if they stole it, because then that would help people in general, though. It's a good oh, one. Oh, that's a good one. You know how, like, Tesla have. made all their patents open source? Ah. Oh. It's pretty cool. rad, right? Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, today's topic, uh, we're going to go back because Insomnia was our first show. So we're going to have I Can't Sleep. We got some questions and we, we kind of want to go over some stuff in more detail. Yeah. If you haven't joined us on Facebook yet, you are missing out. Uh, go to Kick It in the Nuts. That's where we post all our show topics on future shows. You guys can ask any questions. You can even, you know, pitch a show you want us to cover if you're really wanting to hear something. And uh, we'll do it. Yeah, that's what we'll do. We'll, you, we'll, we'll listen to you. We're not scared. Yeah, we're not scared. And we want to say thank you so much for everyone who's been leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, that helps us more than anything. Uh, this week we have a five-star review from Harvey. Woo-woo. Woo! Here's his review. So far, everything I have read, listened to, and watched from this group has been eye-opening information. I love this podcast and the way information is delivered so that anyone can grasp the ideas and apply them to their lives. The idea that self-testing and discovering what works best for your body is so refreshing and hopefully catches on nationwide. That's nationwide, Harvey. Yeah. That's a goal. Good job, yeah. Harvey. Yeah, that's good. I think we should probably, like give away a prize or maybe a fake prize to everyone who leaves us a review. So why don't we... Uh, it's a date with Will. Yeah, maybe maybe Harvey <laughs> won't want that, but I'll yeah, tell you what. Clear these dates first. <laughs> for To say thank you, because this really is the thing that helps our show more than anything, is when people give us ratings and reviews on iTunes. It really moves us up the rankings. More people see us. It's a really super big deal. So we should at least, like, let's pretend that we're going to send Harvey like a Bose home theater system. <laughs> I think a million dollars. We're going to pretend. Uh, well, pretend we don't want to go. We don't want to go, go get extravagant. We don't want to uh, spoil people. But uh, with a home, with a Bose home theater system, you could really like surround sound, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Don't you think we'll get bad reviews though, when we say we're going to send stuff? No, we're, we we're saying that we're pretending because oh. we could send him like a mug or something that said like kick it naturally on there or oh. something like that. But wouldn't you rather have like a fake something awesome than just like a mug? That just seems no, like that I'd makes sense have to me. A mug. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as soon as Kenna brings in mugs, we'll send those. But for now, let we're gonna Harvey. We're gonna pretend <laughs> to send you a Bose home theater. I can send them my, <laughs> yeah, my mug shot. Okay, that'll good. That's yeah. a good. We can. We can make copies of that one, and you'll get a, a mug shot of Kenna. Mm -hmm. um, okay, free. so let's. We got a, a big topic to cover here. 
Uh, let's get into this first question, and then this is probably going to go two shows. We'll probably have to break up explaining uh, the causes of insomnia, because there's not a cause. There's not one. There's multiple, and that's why people get confused. And then maybe the next show we'll go over how to fix that. So you might have to not sleep for an extra week. Just stay up. Till next it shouldn't week. shouldn't be a problem for you <laughs> yeah. if this yeah. is a problem for you. Right. Ben from Bangor, Maine. I lived in Maine for a while. It's beautiful. I've been an insomniac for 20 years. I can't find anything that helps. So I think this is the big problem with insomnia is that people are testing out all of these remedies. You know, people see, oh, we'll use this for insomnia. And they try that out because it worked for their friend and it ends up making them much worse. So... What I want to do today is I want to go over the main causes of insomnia so that people can understand them, understand how to figure out which cause is their problem, and then uh, next week we'll get into how to fix the actual underlying causes so that we can uh, the person gets to actually sleep. So let's look at some of the main causes, and we should probably start with the most common causes. There's probably two that are the most common causes, but... I think officially, officially, we probably have to look at the catabolic imbalance first, and so that people can understand why an imbalance here would restrict them from getting to sleep like a real human being. Because insomnia sucks. Like when you don't sleep, it messes up everything. Like you're completely screwed for the whole day when you don't sleep because you you just stop functioning. Like it it messes up everything. Especially if you got like early morning clients and. You know, you just laid there all night? Right, yeah. That's not good. Yeah. So this was a major problem for me for a long time. I had I was a major insomniac. And when I fixed it and I was able to sleep, man, when you wake up and it's like it's not dark out anymore, you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? I don't understand. Did I, did I die? Why, why, did, why didn't I wake up three or four times in the middle of the night? Uh, and you realize that you slept through the whole night. It's, it's like Christmas. It's really a good time. So let's let's explain what the catabolic imbalance is for those who've never heard the show or read any of our books or anything. Sure. It's um, kind of a, an active energy producing state. Uh, definitively, if you were going to look up catabolic, you'd probably read something like uh, breaking down, a state of tissue breakdown. And it's actually, that might sound like a bad thing, but it's an appropriate phase of your body's biorhythm where you should be more catabolic during the daytime when you're active doing things like working or exercising and then in the evening your body should shift to a recovery regenerative phase that's the opposite of the catabolic state which is the anabolic state and that is one where our nervous system allows us to sleep and all sorts of different priorities a lot of repairing rebuilding things like that going on exactly so sometimes people get stuck in this active energy producing catabolic tissue breakdown state and you look at like oh repair and rebuild that sounds good i want that um but if you think about it you can never repair and rebuild if nothing got broken down in the first place you know tissue has to be broken down and eliminated and removed in order to be rebuilt so it can be new and stronger and all that so it's not that the catabolic state is a bad thing. We all want to be in that state at some point during the day. And plus, it kind of helps with a lot of the energy production uh, that we need during daytime hours when we're active. So it's not a bad thing. We want it. But for a lot of reasons, some people get stuck in either the catabolic state or the anabolic state. We talk about other problems that um, happen in that state in a lot of other episodes. Um, but... In the catabolic state, 
if that's when if that occurs when we're awake and when we're active and we're producing energy and uh, doing all these active things, if we're stuck in that state all the time, you could see how that could be a problem for someone who wants to sleep. If at the cellular level, their body's like, yeah, let's party. We're awake. We're rocking. Let's do all this stuff. If it, if it doesn't go into that, okay, shut down, rebuild, repair state, the person is awake all the time. Yeah, so, and there's different markers that you can use to try to see if your body is leaning too far into this catabolic state. And we teach how to test your own body chemistry in a lot of our different courses and in your books and stuff like that. But some of the things that you might notice if you were to do any of the self-tests that we talk about, um, that would be indication of being in this catabolic state if you're trying to pinpoint what's the cause of your insomnia would be if you did the urine dipstick test and you saw a protein on your urine. Yeah, this or, is an 11-parameter dipstick yeah. uh, that you can get on Amazon or something. Yeah. And, and actually, we have a free course, a free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com that, that you can learn all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, some other markers would be like if your urine pH was very low, like like under 5.5, and your saliva pH was also very high. That's another set of indications that you're leaning to be too catabolic. Also, on that same urine dipstick, you can look at your urine-specific gravity, and if and if your specific gravity is very high, that's another thing we use as some indication of being in a catabolic imbalance. So if it was like up around 20, 25, or higher, that's like another marker we would use to like say, hey, yeah, maybe this is uh, at least one of the causes of insomnia in your case. Uh, something else could be a, a slow pulse. It's possible that that can be a marker, and all of these markers don't mean that you have a catabolic imbalance but when you start to see a lot of them put together uh, especially if you also have insomnia because insomnia is a common trait of an overly catabolic imbalance so if you have all of these actual markers that point that direction plus you can't sleep maybe your pulse is under 65 when it's resting uh, maybe your stool is even loose do you want to explain why that would be a catabolic possible marker yeah um, and there's so in the catabolic state, we've talked a lot about how, like in our episodes on loose stools and diarrhea and IBS, we talk about how in the catabolic state, sometimes too much of the water that's consumed will go out through the bowel and not enough, not a balanced amount go out through the kidneys as well. So that excess water um, can cause there to be uh, looser stools. Part of that might be because of impaired bile flow issues and more water flooding the intestinal tract because of excess acid that's hitting the intestinal tract and part of it might just be what's going on metabolically in the catabolic individual to cause that increase of water into the colon but that can be another marker that suggests that maybe you have a catabolic imbalance right so when you get marker after marker after marker adding up all of a sudden it starts to point that oh this seems to be the problem so when you can figure out what underlying cause is creating the insomnia for you all of a sudden now you can take steps instead of just throwing darts at a dartboard hoping you're going to try and fix something like Ben was doing when he's like, I can't find anything that helps. I've tried everything. And we hear this from people all the time. But once you can figure out what the cause of the insomnia is for you, instead of just using a remedy that worked for your friend, now you can work on that cause and and see some results. And it may be multiple causes. Like you may like, don't just think, oh yeah, I'm catabolic. I got it. Figure it out. I'm just going to fix that. Nailed it. You could also have for the other causes you know, right, that are giving right. you, you can a, be the captain of all insomnia. Yeah, yeah. So let's look at the at the next cause. I think that we covered that one pretty well enough to understand. So 
a next big issue is that we see a lot of people dealing with insomnia that have really low blood pressure and they also have overly powerful insulin where and when you look at the way they're eating it it seems to be that their blood sugar is really spiking and crashing but but first let's hit on um, why low blood pressure would even cause insomnia? Why would that even be a problem for someone to sleep? Yeah, uh, I guess before we go through like the whole list of these things, we should talk about like you want to talk about what to do about each of these imbalances later on. Yeah, we're gonna do yeah, that yeah, in the next go, week's okay. show. Oh right, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so in the electrolyte deficient, overly powerful insulin individual, we see the body will wake itself up because blood sugar is just dropping so fast that it's putting the body into a panic state. Too low of blood sugar levels will send the body into a seizure. So we see that like sometimes in certain diabetic imbalances when if, or if you overdose on insulin. But these individuals, even if they're not injecting insulin, may have that same sort of physiological phenomena happening because their insulin is so strong or because of the what they chose to eat in their diet right. caused their blood sugar to spike and drop so much that their blood sugar levels just plummeted through the night. And as you're laying there, your body's doing stuff. It's not just sitting there waiting for you to wake up. Right. Like It's using energy. So every sleep cycle that we go through, our sort of like body's reserves of blood sugar get lower and lower and lower. And with that, stress hormone levels elevate higher and higher and higher. Um, but the body doesn't want you to just sleep through that situation if your blood sugar levels really are critically low because it doesn't want you to get a seizure. So right. it'll, it'll wake you up out of that situation to help you go start to like hunt and gather and find food. Right. So let's let's back up a little bit and look at that mineral, the, the crucial factor of having minerals in the system. And um, when we look at our blood pressure, that's what we're looking. We're looking at how much minerals in the system, a little bit of how much blood sugar. We're kind of looking at protein a little bit and maybe even some filth uh, can be a factor in that number that shows up when you look at your blood pressure. But when someone sees low blood pressure, that's a strong sign that there's not a lot of mineral in the system. And it's it's very common. There's a lot of reasons that that would happen. We talk about them in a lot of our shows. But if there's mineral in the system, we find that when blood sugar goes low, the minerals can kind of buffer the low sugars and the system can kind of function a little bit better. And it's also the same the other way around is that... Um, if minerals go low, you can buffer the system by raising sugars. That's why a lot of people crave sweets or salty stuff. They're just The body has learned, okay, if I raise one of these, I can function. So when a person that has low minerals also has a sugar crash, that's real trouble. And it's when minerals and sugars both go low at the same time that it seems that uh, seizures are easier to come up. And, and don't think that just because they both go low, you're about to have a seizure. Or if you're craving potato chips, a seizure's coming. It, it, <laughs> when you're it, sitting on the couch, I gotta eat these, I yeah, can't get yeah. a seizure. This is important, I don't, don't wanna have a seizure. Don't interrupt so. me, this is right. medical. That's what I do, <laughs> I gotta prevent that Are seizure. Are those prescription right. lays? <laughs> <laughs> right, so don't view it that way, it's just that the body really hates seizures. It's like it's the whole system shutting down is basically what it is. So. It's just very defensive when it comes to that. And the body is not designed in a world where golden grams are in the cupboard 30 feet away. 
I just heard that uh, movie announcer guy. In a world. In a world where, where golden, golden grams, grams are abundant. <laughs> and um, you're fighting off a seizure. <laughs> um, so that's, that's not the way the body was designed. It was designed that, oh, you need to go find food or whack a zebra on the head and eat it. You know, there's, it takes time to find food when we were originally around looking for food and stuff. So that if morning... If you see my pantries, it takes time for me to find food too. All right. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's just a messy thing. That's different. That's that's it, maybe you're evolving back to where we yeah, first came yeah. from, but in a different way. Exactly. Um, so that's why the body gets a little panicky way ahead of time, and it, and so even if you've never had a seizure, you can still have symptoms of the body panicking because that's on the way, um, and that's where we see a lot of insomnia is just from uh, people who don't have enough minerals to buffer when that sugar spikes and crashes. So uh, can you talk a little bit about some choices that could make that blood sugar spike and crash and how insulin would do that, blah, blah, blah. Say fancy things. Yeah. So there are definite things you can do if you're trying to create this situation. One of them being like eating foods that spike insulin like starches especially if you eat them without other foods that stabilize insulin so if you were to have like just white rice it would probably be the best meal <laughs> to create this problem if you were trying to do that on purpose proteins can be metabolized and stored like and stored in the liver and drawn from as very stable sources of blood sugar so that could help keep you nourished throughout the night and keep your blood sugar and blood pressure levels more balanced as you go to bed but if you were to say have just like a high starch meal before bed that starch hits the bloodstream really powerfully and triggers a large insulin release and with that large insulin release we'll get a huge spike and then a huge drop in blood sugar and that's the that's the problem zone that we're trying to avoid right so lower glycemic sugars like the ones naturally occurring in fruits or some lower glycemic carbs like sweet potatoes and things like that as well as protein rich foods and other fats that our body will also be able to draw from for energy uh, would make a more sensible meal to create a more stable blood sugar blood pressure environment before you go to bed salt as well could also help buffer the situation so um yeah, those are kind of the main things dietarily that you'd want to like include in your meal before bed to make your blood sugar more stable. Right. And we'll talk about some other things next week too when we get into how to fix this and steps to take. But, you know, one thing that a person can look at with this issue is their urine pH. And if it's super high, that seems to make insulin uh, a little more powerful, a little more, a little stronger. And what we mean is that, um, you know, if you eat starches or sugars or something like that, that's going to spike insulin level. If your insulin is kind of like this big bully, it's going to sweep way more sugar out of your bloodstream than maybe another person would. So that's why these people um, almost have reactions like a hypoglycemic would, uh, where when they eat in this manner, they get that spike and crash, and then they they become a hardly able to function person but it's really common to see people eating this way because the people with low blood pressure low mineral levels are the people that get those cravings for sweets especially at night especially if oh i'm going to eat really well today i'm going to do perfectly but if they're not digesting that correctly pulling enough nutrients out of the food all that kind of stuff 
by the end of the day, they're, they're going to have no control over that. And the, the body is going to find a way to get some Nilla wafers down their gullet. Mm-hmm. And, and that's and that's why you see a lot of this with this type um, yeah, of I want Nilla wafers. Delicious. <laughs> so uh, we're going to talk about some other things with this specific imbalance, but let's take a break real quick. If you'd like to learn how to become a health coach or even just dig into more advanced teachings for yourself or your family, go to healthprocourse.com to learn about Tony and Will's course for coaches. Registration for this course only opens to the public for about a week at a time, so be sure to register for the coach newsletter so you'll be notified when the next registration opens. You'll find more info at healthprocourse.com. Yeah, we made that course. Yeah. We did that, and so that's how that goes. And also right now, Audible, our sponsor, is giving away a free audiobook of their anybody of their arch blah 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 yeah, our listeners cool. choice which should probably be kick, one of the kick it in the nuts books yeah Tony's well kick books. your fat in the nuts is an audio book the other ones are just book books. oh so okay so let's dig deeper into this uh basically an electrolyte deficiency imbalance and insulin that's overreactive type situations because it's not just the problem of um hey, I'm out of resources, so I'm a little panicked about it. Wake up and go get me a sandwich. There's a lot of other problems that these low resources can cause, so let's let's talk about those a little bit. Yeah, so when your blood pressure and blood sugar are low, it's going to have a really obvious impact on your emotional stability and your mental performance. Also, like if you work out, it'll be pretty noticeable that you are short on resources because you'll get lightheaded really easily. Dizzy. Yeah, you probably won't feel like a good pump when you're doing the workout. Like if you're lifting weights, you'll just feel kind of flat and tired and weaker. Um, but you'll be more forgetful. You'll be more prone to depression and anxiety because your body just doesn't feel like it has the energy it needs to like face the world. Uh, especially if you're like around a menstrual cycle, whether it's yours or your girlfriend's will be either one. Either one. It'll be harder for you to cope with it. <laughs> um, and uh, digestion can get weaker as well. His body, for a couple reasons, it won't have the, the nutrients it needs to make all of the, um, the digestive juices, like <clears throat> sufficient hydrochloric acid or healthy consistency of its bile and also it'll be more in a stress state so it'll be deprioritizing digestion if it's more in this fight or flight state with this lower blood pressure right so So, like if you think about to to magnify what we're looking at if you're being chased by a tiger your body's going to move into that sympathetic fight or flight state and all the resources are going to go towards hey survive from being chased by a tiger that's all the body cares about so you can see how everything would be moved to that. But if your body is stressed because resources are not there, it can be a similar type of situation for the body. The body is still stressed um, and it's kind of viewing it at how am I going to pay $800 worth of bills with 12 bucks? Mm. So let's maybe look into what happens hormonally and stuff like that too. Sure. So with low blood sugar, you're going to get elevated stress hormones of glucagon and cortisol and adrenaline. And these are all the body's like protective mechanisms to try to get you to go take action, to go find food, but also to literally generate glucose from your own proteins. So this is that leads it back to the catabolic state we were talking about earlier. Sure. Stress hormones will deanimate and deconstruct your body's own proteins to make 
sugar out of it. It's called gluconeogenesis. So you'll see muscles that get smaller and tissues, fat as well, and will get metabolized. And make, that may sound like an awesome thing, but it's not really the ideal way that we want to go about losing fat necessarily. So uh, the stress hormones will have that kind of impact. They'll also change your mood and what you're thinking about, what regions of your brain are active. Uh, your libido, all these things will be affected. Right. And so if you think about what's happening, I mean, what we're going to do is we're going to transition into the next imbalance that we're going to talk about. But um, the next thing we want to talk about is uh, a sympathetic state because a lot of people can experience this imbalance just like they would experience the catabolic imbalance. And it's basically where the body is almost in this freaked out stress state. And we'll talk about some of those causes, but it's important to understand that this low resource state can even be creating almost a stress state for the body um, in its own right. So you not only have the problem of the low resources, which can be restricting your sleep, but that stress that comes from those low resources can be creating a lot of other problems that could basically be, look, your body's in this awake mode. It's in the mode that it would be when everything is freaking out and going wrong you know it's awake during that stuff so if your body's in an awake mode it's going to keep you awake and restrict your ability to to dream and mm-hmm. sleep and repair and all that kind of stuff um so let's talk about the sympathetic state a little bit and let's look at some markers that a person could look at to see am i in a sympathetic state it's probably going to have math in there or something like that. That's fine. The equation. We're, yeah, we're going to do the some, equation. We can do some math. Bill Will's going to be excited about it. Um, so let's talk about that first, and then we'll talk about causes of it and things to sure. consider. I always feel like it's like, you know how sometimes little cartoons will have their little segues where they go to like, you know, Stewie's doing his thing like in this little play. This is my equation time. <laughs> so the sympathetic state, it's talked about on my blog. Uh, if you look up stress and meditation, this equation is there at mybodyofknowledge.net. Um, but if you look at your blood pressure and your breath rate, you'll be able to do this uh, little equation where you, you subtract your systolic blood pressure, which is the top number, by the diastolic number, which is the bottom number. So say if you were perfectly balanced, it'd be like 120 minus 80, which is 40. So we call that, that it's your pulse differential. So 40 would be that in your case. And then you divide your pulse differential by your breath rate. Let's say for convenience sake, your breath rate's 10. That is convenient. Isn't that nice? That's good. Yeah, I like that. 10 breaths per minute. So then you divide your pulse differential, 40, by your breath rate, 10. And Four. You, oh, you got it. Kenna. <laughs> Kenna wins a home entertainment uh, system. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if, and, and that number that you got from that equation will refer to as the resultant. If the resultant is more than three, then you're leaning towards a sympathetic stress state. If it's under two, you're in the opposite, more of a parasympathetic imbalance. If it's in between two and three, you're perfect. It's pretty healthy. You're perfect. Yeah, yeah and these, and again, these are just indications of. Uh, it's one indication that you could possibly be experiencing that imbalance. And we talk about some other markers in our free course too. We also talk about how to look at your breath rate and how to look count that correctly and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it can, and you can still be in a sympathetic state and 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 have this equation like look balanced for you like you could have like an artificially accelerated breath rate for example if you had just had a lot of coffee or something like that and your adrenaline levels were really high or if you were panicked like you could have a faster breath rate like a panting hyperventilation and that would throw off the equation and look like you're in a parasympathetic state so but in general like if you're kind of at rest and you're not in a panic attack state 
this equation is useful. Right, and it's just one marker we can look at. I wish I played an instrument so I could like play an instrument going into like Will's equation corner time. You know? Yeah, I know. It would have been cool like a banjo. Right. So, yeah, it's a problem. And as we get into these intricacies, we have already talked a lot about how they can kind of feed each other or contribute to causing each other like a high insulin or powerful insulin could create a hypoglycemic state which could lead to the catabolic imbalance you know the body mind itself so they're all kind of connected but they each have their own causes as well like there's certain things like maybe with your your workload or your workouts that could really be stressing your nervous system and it could make handling the sympathetic imbalance more of a priority for you or it could be like you're starving yourself because you want to be a runway model and it's the low resource thing is really the issue and your insulin maybe isn't necessarily really powerful but it's really important to be able to understand the different markers and the different contributing factors in your case so that you can focus on correcting the ones that are really relevant for you. Right. And, and let's look at this sympathetic state and understand that, um, remember that when you are have a stress like a lion chasing you, that you know your body is changing the way that it's functioning to deal with that stress. And in this new manner that it's changing your body into functioning, do you think you'll be able to sleep while your body has everything set up to run from a lion. No, you're not going to be able to sleep well at all. So the problem that people find is that you really got to look at it from two viewpoints. And one is that when you're stressed about a report that's due for work or that you're stuck in traffic and uh, or that your bills are more than you have actual money to pay, all of those stresses are viewed as the body just like the running from the lion thing. It's still a stress. All the same hormones get jacked up, all the same adrenaline, all the different changes, the body trying to create more glucose to make it available to run away from this lion. Or, or the repo man. Or the repo man. The landlord. More relevant. <laughs> yeah, so all of these things are changing your body chemistry, and just like you can't take a nap in the middle of running away from a lion... You can't sleep when you're dealing with all these stresses. So that's one viewpoint you have to look at. The other thing is that if your chemistry is in this stressed out state a little bit from for one reason or another, whether it's low resources or, or other imbalances creating it, when you experience stress in your life, it becomes magnified. So some problem in your life that's maybe only a 4, you'll feel it as a 10 and you'll react to it like a 10 and people will be like, wow, Steve is not reasonable at all uh, because he just flipped out um, over not much. And that's kind of what we see people do. And when that's the case, it kind of magnifies your stress even more and your reaction to it. Indeed. Yeah, indeed. So, you know, we'll talk about some steps in the next episode to simmer down, mm-hmm. simmer down a little bit. But we'll also get into some physiology of ways to improve your physiology to correct some of these imbalances too so stick around for next week those are the main imbalances that we see when someone's dealing with insomnia do we have something else to touch on should we recap yeah let's recap please so the four main ones that we usually see and you could have one or all some or just a couple of them but we talked about the catabolic imbalance which is the tissue breakdown state we talked about markers that you can use to identify if you're in that state the electrolyte deficient related to overly powerful insulin. So if you have like a high urine pH, 
and your blood sugar levels drop really quickly because that insulin's really strong or because your diet is really wacky, that's another potential and cause. You even, it could cause problems even if you just have really low blood pressure, low mineral levels. Even if sugar is not spiking and crashing, that alone could be enough to cause a problem. Yeah, which like we kind of try to distinguish like just being electrolyte deficient but not necessarily having an overly powerful insulin levels. Cool. Like most of my like actress clients, they're just starving themselves, you know. Um, and then there's also the sympathetic state, which can be tied in with like insulin resistance even. It can be tied in with uh, overtraining or your work life or bills, like external like factors like that. And it could be a combination of any or all of these issues. Right. Yeah. So it could be stress in your life or stress in your body or imbalances in your body that are creating this state of stress. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of varieties there. So next week, we'll kind of answer some more questions from people and then we'll dig deeper into these and look into the actual ways, steps that you can take to correct each imbalance uh, once you figure out what the problem is for you. And then you're going to get to sleep. Nice. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Cool. If you want to learn more about how to look at your own chemistry, you can read any of Tony's books or take the free four-week digestion course at kickitinthenuts.com or head on over to willsmybodyofknowledge.net. He's got a lot of great blogs, information on there, exercises, stretches, all kinds of cool stuff. I can't wait till you sleep next week. Yeah, and stop running from lions Mm -hmm. and the repo, man. Bye-bye. Bye.